Coming up later tonight on the From All Angles pod. Like, it's nothing to do with touchscreen gyms. What the... F- I mean, that's utterly <laughs> fucking more nonsensical than so, getting rid so, of... So, hold on. I'll just stop you there. So, like, when this is all over and you go to a nightclub, are you going to wash every handle? Are you going to wash every toilet? Are you going to wash every tap? Like... There's thousands of people in there. Who are you talking to? You. <laughs> well, no, because I'm not the one who's saying they're going to be making changes, like doing away with touch. George, you just wash your hands as normal in the sink that's there yeah. after you've done it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, after you finish pissing in it. <laughs> in the sink. <laughs> We've all done it. Yeah. We've all been there. Mate, when you see technology change, I'm going to laugh in your face. Welcome and thank you for listening to From All Angles podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about post-COVID-19 and how that will change the world. We've got Adam Stannard. Are you enjoying lockdown? Am I enjoying <laughs> lockdown? Uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've actually found uh, really good use for my time. Uh, even though I'm still working a full-time job, mastered three languages, pretty much a master at chess. And uh, yeah, got a PB in the gym, in my home workouts on press-ups so yeah i guess you could say i'd join lockdown what about you thought bad was leaving then yeah. <laughs> had enough. Enough. i would i would garage yeah, kang welcome back right. to the pod talk to me about your social distance in practices uh i mean so far been uh, been locked in the house so uh currently in my room on my own so it's not difficult to be honest doing all right we've also got ashley bradbrook what are you missing most with the current lockdown dropping trees dropping trees dropping trees <laughs> Chopping trees? I don't know. That's what he's been doing. Chopping trees. You're doing what you used to do. Chopper Brandis. Chopping trees. <laughs> Nothing's changed for him. He's <laughs> properly thrown it. What am I missing the most? Uh, betting on some Japanese Division 3 football or something ridiculous on a, on a Saturday morning. How's your bank account? Never seen it so big. <laughs> We've also got Matt Ward. Are there any items that you haven't been able to purchase since this COVID-19 crisis started? Oof, good question. Pasta's a bit of a struggle, but uh, I've got me, got me a little Italian man that brings me pasta now. What? Yeah, Nico. Oh, a little Italian man. A little Italian man called Nico. I send him a message on WhatsApp, he brings me pasta. Is that a euphemism? I'm a legal Italian mm-hmm. dealer. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> illegal? Could, could be. Could be illegal. I, don't know where he's, I don't know where he's getting his pasta from. You just WhatsApp him. WhatsApp him, Nico. I'll have three bags of pasta, please, mate. He texts me saying he's outside in a red Volvo. Uh, normally that means someone else. What? Do you observe uh, social distancing still? Uh, yeah, he, he drops the pasta on the floor. No. He, leaves, he leaves the pasta on the floor. Okay. How do you pay him? I'm sorry, but no. What, Bank account. You have a pasta delivery service. I've got a pasta man, yes. <laughs> this is fucking weird. Did he direct debit pasta man. or something? Oh, yeah, can I have fucking 500 grams of penne pasta, please? Yeah, pass <laughs> Milligrams. <laughs> don't, don't tell him to pass it. milligrams. Uh, yeah, five milligrams yeah, of yeah, five milligrams. <laughs> can you oh, yeah. can you blend it up, please, into <laughs> liquid form, <laughs> just so that. I can chug chug it. That's milliliters. Oh Jesus, yeah, you hate to hear it. <laughs> How do you find out about something like this? Um, you, don't, you can't disclose that information. Yeah, I can't actually tell you. Oh, okay, fair, fair. This is it's, it's proper authentic Italian pasta as well. Thriving pasta scene in Manchester. <laughs> Jet Pound Ninja. 
When will we be allowed outside again? I don't know. I reckon July. July. Jesus nah, Christ. Maybe July. I don't know. It's, I reckon it's going to take ages. Or are you thinking incremental? I agree with you there, Jet. Yeah, it's going to take time. It's not going to be... I mean, you are allowed outside. You are, yeah, yeah, but like, I think what Hughie means, like, a bit when more... Can we play with each other are. again? <laughs> hey, we've got ages, I reckon. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah. Wipe off 2020. Didn't count. Cancel Didn't happen. It. Yeah. You don't avoid the season. You don't avoid the year. Cancel culture. George McSherry, welcome to your first pod. Have you got TikTok account? No, I do not. What a debut! What a debut, <laughs> George McSherry. Great content. I'm, I'm sure I've seen you somewhere, George. So, um, Shana, my partner, she's got uh, she's got the TikTok account. And uh, one day in isolation, we uh, we practiced a dance. Uh, yeah, I'm proud to say we uh, we smashed it. Oh, you did smash it. I'll give you that one. Good to have so, you, yeah. George. Yeah, no. Uh, thanks for having me. Cheers. And can we get a special mention that George is part of our amazing NHS? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Eight o'clock, lads. Clap. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> and finally, joining for their first pod as well is Marcus White. Marcus, have you taken up any hobbies since lockdown measures were introduced? Started reading, and it's going well. On a Bill Bryson book at the moment. Uh, notes from a big country. I think it's going to be something that I stick to. So any suggestions on books, I'm all ears, lads. Harry Potter is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> not, not sure if you heard of that, uh, Marcus, but uh, Harry Potter is pretty decent. Yeah, how's that spelled? <laughs> yeah, so I think, um, yeah, basically the book's on uh, this guy who lived in the UK for 20 years. He's originally from America. Uh, he goes back to America with his family and he essentially just documents everyday life and how it's different to the UK and essentially it's just a load of little chapters on different subjects so easy read uh, you get a little bit of knowledge uh, he drops a few facts in there and yeah definitely a good starter book to break me into the to the routine of it all yeah I recommend it what's been your favorite fact so far the fact that in America everyone has to file their own taxes and the system is just ridiculously complicated and he just exaggerates how many forms and procedures you have to follow which I thought was interesting glad I don't have to do that personally yeah no PAYE system there then no absolutely not just uh, a load of paperwork and big fat headache pleasure having you on the pod Marcus okay topic today then what does the post COVID-19 world look like so I thought we'd start about our lives and, and will any of you make any, any changes to your lifestyle? I think if we're talking about uh, personal finances and stuff, like, do you reckon people will be more willing to spend money living in the moment? Or do you reckon people are realising that, okay, shit, I've got to have something to save for a rainy day and be more you know, cautious about what they spend? I think it could go either of you know, mm. two ways, really. Some mm. people maybe are oh, yeah. book, book me that first holiday to Ionapa, isn't that right, Gudge? And <laughs> uh, and some people would be like, well, no, just I need I need three months yeah, savings but... so I can pay my mortgage, George McSherry. Mm, sure. I think initially be quite cautious to do things. Absolutely um, not. I'm going out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I reckon except for brothers. I'm getting a holiday for three weeks. I think it's going on a... down for. Yeah, I think yeah. Break yeah, yeah, down I... for. Brad yeah, is going I mean, on a four-day bender, mate. Uh, yeah, but, you won't see Brad is fucking <laughs> love no money for ages. But I, I think if it was to end like now, then I think more people would just be like, yeah, bang on it. Like like Brad has said, holidays and whatever, like uh, spend all the money. But I think if it, if it's to go on any longer, so like into July, August, whatever, it's towards the back end of the year, I think it will end up probably building people up 
maybe a bit bit more paranoia and they might be a bit more I guess I guess it changes depending on how it's affected you. So like the self employed will be like, Oh, I need to start saving a bit more. Whereas guys who hasn't really affected them financially might be like, Let, let's go out. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Also the fact we're kinda of talking as if that there, there, there is an end, like a hard stop of like, right, it's defeated kind of thing. It might be a case that this is never not how the flu is. The flu's always there in terms of you can get it at any point. <clears throat> if this never like goes away, you can always there's a chance of always getting it. Uh, I don't think it's going to be numbers. ever. Yeah, I think there's going to be an end in, ter- in terms of, you know, it's not going to be, we're going to be open back into society again as normal. Wait. Even if it continues, you know, in terms of the flu, we're eventually going to find some kind of vaccine. If it's causing that much of like an issue economically and socially, we're going to have to, there's, there's no choice. We're going to have to somehow find a cure. There's I know no there's vaccine no vac- for the flu. Yeah, I know, not now, but realistically, how much uh, of a problem is the flu causing us now compared to, compared to COVID-19? The number of deaths on flu is way more than yeah. coronavirus. Yeah, but who, who's, it, who's, it, who's it, it's killing, again, like the like really sort of um, most elderly, vulnerable people in society who, who, are, who just are going to pass away you know, in, in the near future, regardless harsh. whether it's a flu, whether it's uh, disagree. A, a hard, harsh winter. A harsh that's winter kind of, kills, kills a lot of the elderly. Though. That's kind of the point. Like George says, yeah, flu hasn't gone away and it, it never will. It's, it's always there. Do we get to a point where we treat this in the same way that it's like, yeah, crack on, do what you want, go where you want, do, you know, don't wash your hands for four days, whatever. The flu is never a shutdown of a country, has it? No, not. no, I'm not. Yeah, no, so this is I completely mean, so different. Saying, Let's not compare this to the flu. I'm not doing that. I'm saying, will this... Go just not the flu. The same way? comparing it to the flu. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he's deaf, he's deaf again. Um, <laughs> he's broken. But, it might make people think twice, basically, about whether they would go on that parent holiday to Ionapa that I'm going on as soon as this is over. I think you're um, thinking too much of the British public there, to be honest, mate. I think the majority of the British public, as soon as this is done, if they can afford it, they, 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 they're just going to go all out. No, something like if, and if people do, let's say then it fl- flares up again or whatever. Also, mm-hmm. you know, stock up on hand sanitizer and face masks, you know, when the prices come back down again. Will people wash their hands as much as they are now? Oh, mate, it makes me laugh. I hope so. Like, what is it? A habit becomes a habit after 21 days or something of repetitive. You'd hope so because you, just observing uh, general hygiene, I don't know what it's like in your workplace, but uh, prior to this outbreak, it's really gone from one extreme to the other. The amount of people you see just walk in and out of the bathroom yeah. without even thinking about washing their hands is quite alarming. So hopefully we can find some nice middle ground in between uh that and you know washing your hands every uh five minutes for 30 seconds or whatever yeah i think yeah it's something that people should do anyway yeah but especially the mess people leave behind them that's a whole other podcast topic if we're talking about workplace toilets that's a whole other podcast (laughs) i could could give you an hour on that (laughs) jesus christ the amount i don't know i'm gonna throw something out there the amount amount of bogeys oh no where do you work i've never seen that same at my place yeah i got i got a bit worried then matt when you mentioned a whole podcast donated to observing people in public bathrooms like, uh, yeah. uh, I just wondered what your your uh, practice. <laughs> how much memory. observing are you doing next to the guy in the urinal next to you? No, no, oh. it's more it's more the uh, the the trail of devastation that's left in cubicles. But personally, like I think the problem is like we don't know how the wider society is going to change in terms of economics. So who's going to lose a job? Who's going to lose 
out on it and how is it going to change we don't know how it's going to affect us personally because it it's going to if, if it's going to change the society or the economy as a whole then of course it's going to Im- impact us individually and then we're going to have to make our choices then but until then we don't we don't know how about you as a person me as a person i yeah. mean what do you reckon everyone's going to change their political opinion? Because that's another topic, no, isn't it? No. Politics. No, no. I don't mean that. No. I mean, it might do. Reflecting, mate. Get on with yeah, it. it might do. It might change people like, oh, okay, we need universal basic income or we need oh, more socialist policies, Gerge. Yeah, we're talking about you personally. Yeah, sort of deflecting. How, how, how is it personally yeah. for me? For me, it might well, Okay. Well, what, how is it going to affect you personally, Bradis? What are you going to do differently? You just deflected uh, again. Mm. Nothing. You I should be a politician, well, Stanard. I don't know about anyone else, <laughs> but I'm bored, Sorry, politician. I'm bored shitless working from home. The thought of actually like finally going into the office and a bit of fucking... Structure. Yeah, structure. Well, that's not changing you though, brothers. You've done that but, before. Yeah, but then I think... But, it makes you appreciate it more. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. It's going to make, make you people... appreciate things like you can just go out to the pub or you can just go to the shop. Exactly. Don't have to worry about. You can go and exercise whenever you want. You don't have to worry about. Going How long out. are you going to appreciate yeah. it for before it comes to norm again and you forget about it? Oh, so pessimistic. Okay, but, well, fucking, it's true though, isn't it? Well, of course, like, it's to make a conscious effort. So, yeah. Not, yeah, you, you then, need to make a conscious effort to remind yourself that you're happy that you're in the pub. No, but well, exercise more. I've, you you you're actually are willing to do it. Yeah, but, of course yeah, but you, you start you start appreciating what once things are taken away from you, like the freedom of going being able to go to Sainsbury's without having to queue, or go in or go into the gym whenever you want, or go and doing things when you want to. Once once that once you're allowed to do that again, people will start appreciating it more. I don't I don't know how long for. That's that's you that's, can't answer it, that, Stanard. That's subjective. That's down to the each in, in, individual. How is it going to change you? So, like, what what I'm saying is, like, it's not it might, change it, people that much, is it? it oh, might you, do, you appreciate it, might, it more for a few weeks, and then no, it's not. It might make people more loving and more compassionate towards each other. That the fact that I can actually come come and see you, that I can actually go and see other people, my friends, my family, whatever. That I don't. I'm not sat in my room, like just doing my work and then eating and then going to sleep again or whatever like being able to go back into the outside world is gonna like be quite refreshing for a lot of people i think we were talking about kind of uh working from home and like how that has kind of changed your outlook and obviously you said that you know you work from home more often than not in the normal uh normally but obviously now this is all coming about you said you've kind of maybe changed your outlook on on the other side of this you might actually go into the office more because you've kind of appreciate it slightly more yeah because when you're when you're given the choice i mean me personally i i tend to do the thing that's easier but now i'm not given a choice and i'm provided with that that thing which is work from home which i've done over and over again it's now not the same it's now i want i want to actually take advantage of something that's a little bit harder to do which is go into the office make that effort to, to travel in so i think yeah. personally initially anyway i'm not going to take it for granted can't say it's going to be like that for the rest of my life but definitely when we're let back out um, into society 100 percent, i'm going Always to be want what going you can't have. we've got to a point prior to all this uh, where i don't think we really really appreciated social interaction like as, well, as everyone's stuck into the world of social media now yeah chatting. yeah like, texting we, whatsapp we and whatever we, well, when we were like 18, 19, every summer we'd go out most days. Obviously, we can't do that now, but you'd see each other most days. You'd like just go down the pub, go down the park, play football, do whatever. Now, like, you, you can see it from the kids from an early age. 
all they do is just stay in, play on the PlayStation, play on Fortnite, play on things like that, rather than they don't like play out with their like their mates and their kids. They should be doing that sort of thing. It's a good so, point. It's a good point. It'll be interesting to see actually on that point the younger generation uh, that have basically now having the ultimate summer holiday or whatever, aren't they? When you when you're a kid of a certain age, the, the dream of not going to school uh, yeah. and just and just hanging out at your house to play video games uh, with you know minimal impacts. You know you've got no responsibilities. You've got no um, responsibilities. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see from it. Obviously, for our, for us, I think we're we're all definitely the mindset that as soon as we can go back out and socialise and, and go out drinking, we will. But younger kids who do, it'd be interesting to see. Like Brad has said, whether because you know when we were young, we, we were playing out on the street, we were playing footy down the park. But the kids now, they, it'd be interesting to see when they do are given that freedom again, whether they will actually rush at the chance to get back outdoors or whether they will just continue to just sit and play well, well even us in some respects in terms of obviously we're still quite a large group and i think we are very good in terms of doing stuff and being sociable we definitely don't as much as we used to so it's interesting to see whether we make a conscious change as well but do you reckon people will have like be back again in that uh, large social gatherings when they're on the outside or do you reckon it's just going to go back to normal and it's going well, to be well changed doing something that, that everyone's got nothing else to do in terms of everyone's yeah. bored so everyone's like oh let's do a quiz oh my god I think Stanard Stan does make a good point. What Stanard said earlier, he, you know, he, I'm sure he was just trying to play devil's advocate. I think it is very easy to get complacent with things. Like, for example, from a personal point of view, uh, one good thing to come out of this scenario is I've obviously become uh, a lot more reconnected with you guys, which has been great because, you know, when I'm, when I'm up in Manchester, I don't get to see you or speak to you as much. But, you know, it's then when, when this is over, it's gonna, you know, I'm going to have to make a, con- a conscious effort to not slip back into normal routine and complacency and you know make make an effort to speak to you which obviously want to do you know it'd be nice to to keep it up but Stanley makes a good point it it is easy to that that novelty that it when when it just after it happens it will you know be a nice novelty and when it'll be great but it will wear off so we we are going to have to make we have to make a a conscious effort to remind ourselves yeah, it's very easy to look at it now and think okay I'm I'm definitely going to be this I'm definitely going to be that but that's looking at it from from this perspective where we are sat at home doing nothing like it's gonna as soon as things change your mindset can change quite easily within a very short amount of time I and mean, we've been in isolation for what uh 10 10 days maybe that's so much longer than that yeah. it feels like that's so not much. a long time frame and we're already saying oh it's you know changing the way we think and we're going to do this when we're outside we're going to be more appreciative it's 10 days like is it really is, is, are these 10 days you know extending on to 30 plus days I don't know how long it's going to last for is that that period really going to affect us for the rest of our lives like that's, yeah, what, if, that's what I was saying yeah Matt you say you know when you're up in Manchester you've got so many options of things to do at the weekend because it's, it's a city there's just so much stuff you can do so when much those options are reintroduced <laughs> you've got pasta deliveries um, so like, underground like, pasta world but <laughs> like, like you say Matt it's only been 10 days it feels a lot longer do you reckon it's uh, do you reckon it's affected many people's mental health Oh, I was, I was thinking this the other day. It, that, that, the fact that Stanard's just pointed out the time frame, I think that has a huge impact on, on, on what we're talking about because it feels like so much, I don't know about you guys, it feels like so much longer than 10 days we've been doing this. And if we, if, if we were to do this for two or three months, that's massive. And I think we're, when we come out of that, surely we'll be so, so grateful for all the things that, you know, 
we can do again after that think about it like three months another another two and a half months of of what we've been doing now for just 10 days i i did a, i had a couple of days yet like wednesday thursday where i didn't really do much i was being bloody lazy i was going to bed really late getting up late didn't go and exercise didn't go on the run i used to and i felt awful so so today i dragged myself to do it and i feel better for it but you can have them days it's going to be so draining especially like you just can't go out and i'm one to definitely stick to like the whole only going out once so i just do a run at lunch but it's going to be so long you're going to be so drained just not doing it but yeah, I think yeah. if you if you take on, it depends if you if you do something. It's like if Marcus is doing his reading, or you take on a tangible thing like maybe learn a language. If you get proper into it and start to really enjoy it, then you're more likely to carry it on as a habit rather than like the whole appreciation aspect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, you need a hobby, don't you? You need something yeah. to you need something to focus time. on. And, yeah, and, and I mean, this is doing a great thing for me, meant like not mentally, but like it's just. Ooh, definitely mentally. It all makes a difference. Definitely George, makes George, George, on your point, on your point, George, I, I do think it will have uh, an impact on a lot of people's mental health, and hopefully, yeah. as a result of that, uh, a lot more people will become a lot more aware mm. of yeah. their mental health and the issues surrounding it. So that's one thing. Hopefully, we can take from this because you, you do see a lot of people, way more people, talking about it on social media now than yeah. they would normally. They're suddenly started to appreciate. Like, I think a good thing that's come from this is, um, you know, like the NHS um, responder app, like seven, 700,000 people volunteered, yeah. um, things yeah. like that. So all these people like trying to help, which is a great thing. I just, I just hope it continues. Like Stan says, like how long will it actually last for? The appreciation for the NHS has been a really positive thing, I think. Yeah, and, been- and that's coming from someone who probably before this thought maybe we need to go to more of a privatized health service potentially but from the nhs has come out really really well in this and and george i was really keen to ask you about that obviously you're working for the nhs and what's your view from the inside it's a massive help um people people appreciating us because morale like working in that environment for 12 hour 13 hour shifts is just something we do we don't we don't um we don't do short shifts. So it's 13 hour shifts in a horrible environment wearing full PPE, looking after very, very sick patients who are more than likely going to die. Um, so mentally on a lot of people that that's tough. So just to have that small appreciation of the, it sounds like it sounds silly, like the nation behind you. Does it really do something for you? Like I said, I told you in the thing on Facebook earlier with like all the fire engines and the police and like how yeah. stood in the Coventry hospital car park, like giving a clap at eight o'clock, like, Obviously, so yeah, so nice to see all the public doing it. But as a someone who would see it and take it personally because you were involved in it, does it really give you that push? So yeah, I, I wasn't there that day, but I spoke to guys who who stood outside and and watched that, and they did it before their shift started, and they said it was a massive, massive push. Everyone was buzzing off it. They were talking to each other about it, saying how nice it is, mm-hmm. and it just uplifted the spirits a bit to to deal with the horrible situation coming through. Uh, what, I think it must be nice shift. to feel like that appreciated. Like, I think there's not really many people who who really don't appreciate the NHS. Like, there's so such big support for it as, as we just yeah. discussed. And like, you, you know, you'll feel valued in society as as what you do. You, you get a few. Really you get a few your contribution. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. You get a few people there to say, like, "Oh, it's your job. You should just do it." Which, which I, which I understand yeah, that aspect, but. but it, yeah, but it, 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 you, make, you made that choice different. to do that job, didn't you? Yeah. yeah. Think, yeah. George, talk to me about the, like, the morale within inside the, the hospital. To tell you the truth, it's quite good at the moment, actually. 
Um, obviously, you guys have seen what Shana's doing. She's she's been contacting loads of companies, getting loads of free stuff, which which is a huge plus. And everybody has has been worked together. So there's so many different areas in the hospital. Like you don't realize how many members of staff are there. They're all being redeployed into where they're needed. So like theatre nurses are going to ITU. They've never looked after an ITU patient in their life. My so mum, she, obviously, she's a physio. And yeah. Just at the rehab hostel, they had a meeting at Warwick Hospital today. That they, she'll probably end up on the front line in ITU. And like, obviously, she's a physio. Yeah. So she's going to have to completely just change. And but for people that. like them, having the, having the teamwork and the morale up is huge because they'll be shit scared. They'll, they won't know what to do. Um, so having that, having that boost of morale around, around the whole team really does help. Yeah. I'm a big one for, um, for trying to boost morale. We mentioned uh, mental health earlier. Yeah. How, how are you feeling now? Because obviously you're pretty much right on the front line, really. If you tell us a bit more about your role specifically, yeah. And, so and how it's how it affected you? Yeah, I don't really like to, I don't really talk about it, do I? Really, to, with you guys about Not really? My, no. So I'm what's called an ODP, operating department practitioner, but I work um, predominantly in resus. So like we're we're airway specialists, so we we intubate, help intubate. Uh, look after the airway predominantly, which is obviously massive at this this time. Because um, a lot of COVID patients getting intubated. Um, and but I'm also like a, I'm a trauma practitioner, so I, normally I deal with uh, traumas, so stabbings, car crashes, falling off horses, broken legs, that sort of thing. But it affects, yeah, it does affect my mental health, especially the hours that you work. Right, that must have a huge impact as well. Yeah, so they're eleven, they're twelve and a half hour days. I've, I've, I've like, for example, a month ago. I dealt with a eight-week-old uh, cardiac arrest little baby uh, yeah. who, who who passed away, and then within five minutes of us stopping, um, I got a bleep to go help a forty-year-old cardiac arrest on a different area of the hospital. Um, so I had to go. I had to go there and help that. So me and me and one of the A and E guys, and and like mentally, obviously recently becoming a father, helping mm. that baby, and then moving on to a forty-year-old who's still like ridiculously young, right? Yeah. And then and then five minutes after that happening, you're expected to be be ready for the for the next trauma that comes in or or whatever comes in. And do you get much training that side in terms of how to manage, you know, the the emotion that comes with, you know, work, working on such a stressful situation. You're literally trying to save a baby's life and you know you've got the parents waiting eagerly to to, to hopefully you be be successful. But how how do you handle that and what what training do you get for that so we get zero zero training yeah so i thought as much so um I've, i'm i wouldn't like to say senior but i'm relatively experienced so i've been qualified seven, nearly seven years now so what what we i tend to do is have a debrief after a traumatic uh incident or traumatic case and we'll all talk about it so guys on the same level so nurses and and people like me will have a talk about it separately away from the doctors and away from people that you, you you won't you'll be you'll be scared to ask those silly questions if you know what i mean or open up properly um if if, if you know what i mean like you, you don't talk yeah. openly in yeah, front yeah. of a consultant or your manager or someone like that um no it is tough man because i like come home obviously and it's hard to switch off sometimes after a after you've been doing it for a while I don't want this to sound insensitive, but do you kind of do you get a bit desensitized to it? Yeah, like, to me, it's, it, to me, to me, it's uncomprehendable that uh, if I saw something like that that you've just mentioned there, I would just be broken. Like how you how you get yourself to then go five minutes later to straight into something else? Like how do you how do you do that? How do you get yourself? Yeah, so 
you, you do, so you get the red phone call, 80 year old Cardi Crest and, and automatically the team is like, oh, this, this isn't going to end well. And you've got to have, like from the outside point of view, it sounds so horrible. But you've got to have a dark sense of humor a little bit. Mm. So you, you do make jokes and you do, you do have a laugh within a horrible situation, but that's how you're going to deal with it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so it, does, it doesn't affect the patient's care. It doesn't affect your feelings. It's just how you cope with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. And some people have a laugh. Some people take it too far. Some people don't make a joke at all. And it, that's fine. Whatever, whatever you need. Um, but yeah, you, you all have your own little ways. And I suppose I'm, I'm a very closed person, really. I've only, ever, I've only ever like cried after a shift like twice, three times in seven years. And like, mm. I, I very rarely talk to Shana about, about it, but I suppose you have to. Mm. And obviously you guys deal with this kind of thing uh, all the time. This is, this is what you do and this is what you have to, you have to, you're going to have to deal with these kind of problems. But do you reckon with COVID-19 going to be affecting so many people and potentially, you know, we don't know who on this podcast, who listened to the podcast is going to be affected by it. Who's going to lose a loved one. Who's going to be, you know, severely affected or impeded by it. Do you reckon, um, that there's going to be more of a push for how to cope with, uh, with the mental health surrounding healthcare, because obviously mental health now is obviously a big topic. Healthcare right now is a huge topic. Do you reckon the two are going to, you know, push one each, another along to, to change how we handle, how we train our staff to deal with these situations? Yeah, and that's an interesting point because, like I said to you earlier, you get zero, zero help with that really. Um, it's it's in your department. You get a few good, a few good guys who are always the ones you can talk to. Um, or you'll have it in your own workplace, like you know you can go talk to that person. But there's no, no, there is no training. There is no. I guess it's it's down to your personality, isn't it? Like if you know you're going to become a nurse or a doctor, or, or whatever, um, you know what you're getting into a little bit. Mm. Um, like if you can deal with blood and guts or if you can deal with the emotion and like, you know, something to, to bring it back to COVID, something that I find really difficult is um, when we intubate someone. So intubate me, someone's like put them to sleep deliberately uh, to try and help their body relax and fight off COVID. So I will say to them whilst they're like fully conscious. So we're going to put you to sleep now. You're going to go to ITU um, and we're going to try and look after you. But that could be, and for a lot of the people it is, that could be the last moment for that. So the average, the average ITU stay is 10 days and 20% people at the moment, 20% confirmed cases are dying. That's, that's quite a lot really. Mm. Was that 20%? Sorry. Yeah. So looking at the statistics today, it was 20% of confirmed cases are dying. So saying to that person, we're going to put you to sleep now whilst you're in your full PPE, but your full mask, your gown, like no family around. We're going to, we're going to try and look after you now, but that could be their last moment. And mm. like when you really think about that, that's pretty dark. That's heavy. That is a heavy yeah. burden. Yeah. Yeah, that is very. So, George, final question on on an NHS before we um, move on. Do you feel like the PPE that you've been given, you're protected enough? So yeah, interesting because everyone's obviously talking about PPE at the moment. Yes, hundred percent. It, it, it's brilliant what we have. The issue is supply of mm. the the amount we have. So yeah, we have we we've got the great equipment, but we don't we don't have enough of it. That's simple as that, really. You mean I use? Is it one a day? Is it or you? Like so, the uh, masks and that is it? Cause so the proper masks, the big ones. Yeah, so there's a couple of different masks. So it's a normal surgical mask you're supposed to wear uh, until it gets um, damp inside, 
uh, which is probably a couple four hours. But a um, what's called a FF3 mask, mm-hmm. which is the proper one. That's single patient use in our place. Good, yeah. Um, but I have heard of places that uh, uh, they use it for the day, they clean it, and they use it the next day. But that that that's purely a supply issue. That is not yeah. because they're yeah. There's, there's a huge, there's that. huge, huge supply chain issue at the minute. Um, yeah. What what I what I'm seeing at the minute, working in in business support in manufacturing, is there's there's, there's so much work being done to try and combat that. Companies, you know, reaching yeah. out across the board, uh, offering the services. But yeah, there's yeah. loads of, like Lamborghini have started doing it. Um, Making surgical masks. Yeah. F1 yeah. teams are doing yeah. ventilators. So, so many company companies up. are trying to diversify, but I mean, the issue surrounding it is obviously is not compromising on the quality. It's such a huge, hugely regulated thing. Mm. Um, unfortunately, you know, it's, if 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 we are to go down that route, it take it it take a but good amount I think of time. It, I think what's important to remember is this is a pandemic. This is so unique. Like we have yeah. enough equipment for a day to day theatre list, day to day any day. This yeah. is this is something else. unreal. This is something else, yeah. Once in a generation sort of thing. Not even it's, that, more more than that. We're in a war sort of situation at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, Piers Morgan said that. Which obviously we, um, being in our 20s, haven't experienced before. So probably hasn't been experienced this much since World War Two. Well, I don't know if we can, I don't know if you can, if it's comparable really. If you look at what people in their 20s were doing. Uh, oh yeah com- oh yeah completely i mean yeah completely different but in terms of the last time it was affected this huge like such a yeah. whole broad company, number of yeah, people the, yeah yeah the whole the country economy, this much yeah, yeah sure, was probably sure, the war i'm not saying flipping out yeah. we're as we're as bad as the people in their 20s yeah. living back in the war. in terms not, of the impact not yeah. doing that yeah in terms of how much is affecting the country overall so the next point i wanted to touch upon was was british politics and the economy Personally, my view is that the current government has come out really well with this. I feel like what they're doing is is as much as they can. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think a lot of people are comparing it to other other states, other countries, because mm. obviously the, the UK is not dealt with it as best as the likes of, of Germany, who already had a, a far better infrastructure than, than we had. So comparing the two is, yeah, is very what, difficult. What, what makes Germany so great? It's, it's a larger company, it's a larger economy, and it's it's got more of um, it's got more laboratories which can but do these kind of testing in place. Or... They're testing a lot more, and they yeah, already had like a lot 500, more. Five hundred thousand to five hundred thousand a day when we've not even done ten thousand. So it's quite easy to though, to show that they're quite easy to show that their mortality rate is a lot less than ours, and that's because we're not testing anywhere near as much. So ours is potentially more widespread, but we just haven't got the tests available to prove that. It's just the people yeah. who are being hospitalised, which are being tested, yeah, and the people yeah, who have yeah. been hospitalised obviously have a higher higher mortality rate rather than the people who are at home self isolating with suspected COVID nineteen. The amount of people they've tested, the amount of cases that become positive are, is very minimal, and then those people that have all come back negative could potentially then within the, the next day become positive, go in touch with someone else. So they've wasted all yeah. those tests and all those negative doing all that time. The only thing is, I think what they're trying to do in this country, whether it's right or wrong, is they're trying to target areas where they supposedly think that it's the biggest outbreak. Yeah, but they haven't really got strict. the tests. The only issue is that I've seen the, like, there's so many, so many tests coming from China that are supposedly so faulty. This antibody test that they were talking about that they want to do is that they can't get the correct test to test people. They can't just 
buy a load of tests which are then got a 30 percent positive like success rate of working and giving the correct results so what's the most supposedly that antibodies test one only shows if you had it not if you have it um so but i think the the idea of yeah fair point we said in terms of potentially if you test people and then it's kind of a wasted test whatever you want to call it i think though it should either way i don't think we can look at it in that way testing you know people put it as testing test test to, to know kind of how it behaves um I suppose it's, it's a nice news story to test as much and, and it's kind of like a reassurance that you're testing and it's something to like if you test as many people it's quite nice to know like what's happening no, but this, is fact, this, is, this is new this is brand new like we don't know how this kind of, how it's going to develop I think yeah. he still needs to test because you know it's inconclusive whether at first people said i want you had it you can't get it again and then they're saying oh, actually no you can get it again because it's so new i think you just keep needs testing people to just understand how it behaves um in terms of yeah can people get it again how how is it um you know go from one person to another um so i think it is key even if it's seen as like oh we've tested so many people i don't think it's a bit cynical to look at it that way i think it needs it's, it's vital i think it gives them vital information even how if it is a lot of people come out as negative Sorry. Right. How are we going to get these tests? And I know obviously government are saying, oh, well, we'll, well, back in a couple of weeks ago, they're like, we'll test 25,000 people a day or whatever they said. And they haven't reached that. But how, like, where are we getting these tests from? Where Have we not I th- created I think, our own? We're I think trying to, we're trying to... Other countries were clearly geared up earlier and better. I think that's the issue. One of the main things is they're geared up better. They've got a better infrastructure too. And then they t- obviously went on this kind of route a lot earlier than that, uh, than us, sorry. Um, but uh, I guess we'll start to agree with that. I think, I think what the, um, the problem is, obviously every single country wants the same thing at the same time. And there's just the demand for it is far greater than the supply. And that's moving obviously a bit more to economics. Um, and then uh, from that, there's the debate nationalism versus globalism whether we should be having global supply chains to look after our own national interests. And obviously the two aren't always compatible. I think that's the, the issue here. I imagine We've obviously the outsourced highest, a lot of our sort of, um, a lot of our, you know, manufacturing. The highest country, the highest bid that countries willing to pay is probably winning and they're taking a lot of tests. Surely. I don't, I don't know. It's, well, I, it's I think the contracts also the fact that other countries, countries kind of put their uh, their thinking of how they want to treat this differently a lot earlier in terms of they you know started locking things down you know three yeah. four weeks ago obviously by the year at Cheltenham at that point um the country the government was still very kind of carry on um not so much as you are but weren't locking wash things down it's roughly about 28 days from on average it's shown from you know contracting it to maybe possibly dying on average so 28 days ago, they was, the government was still advising, just wash your hands. So the people who had it then, potentially dying now. So that's going to carry on and on and on. Um, so maybe it's the fact that the other countries kind of got themselves into gear earlier. Because government kind of seemingly going down one route. No, I, I, don't, I don't think our government would have been that inept. They would have, at least behind the scenes, been putting these things in place. The, the, the whole wash your hands they probably knew the situation was worse than that, but you do have to kind of balance it with. And then that's to... kind of lying to the public, yeah. really. The whole herd immunity thing, and Boris Johnson said, you know, 
let it blow over take we were we were still learning a lot about it at that point yeah no um, absolutely but it was the fact, i think it was just the weird the weirdest bit that everyone thought was that it seemed like every other discount in america the rest of europe were all going one direction we were the only country yeah. it was like oh this yeah. seemed just a little bit strange mm-hmm. yes there's been advice to the health yeah. officials but it just seems a little bit you maybe didn't want to cause panic in the general public well, as well I've, instant panic but um, so either way you, you can't help that because Back in the day, maybe now. If anything, it's like every other country's doing the opposite to us. That's almost more panic. Really. Yeah. Just, just, just a question. Do, do you think it's possibly a mentality thing? Do you think us Brits think that we're just a little bit different? We, you know, we're not the same as everyone else. We put ourselves yeah. a little bit, bit higher bit on a pedestal. Yeah. Because we're, we're an themes. island nation, aren't we? We're, yeah. we're an island nation. Yeah. We're separate from Europe. None of us sure. think we're Europeans. We yeah. think of Europeans. We think of Spain, France, Germany. That's what, what we think of. We don't necessarily... I know we're originally part of the EU and a lot of us still want to be part of the EU, but I don't think most people who are even pro-EU were considered themselves as Europeans. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's true. Mm-hmm. We've got to keep calm, carry on sort of mentality, yeah. haven't we? Just sort of island nation. Not, yeah, that's that's yeah. the thing. Didn't they say yeah, we don't like people telling us what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't want to lock down too early. You can't. It cripples the economy. Well, yeah, and everyone will just go like after two, three weeks. Like, look yeah, at how long? Now, how long realistically do you think we can be on lockdown for before people start mass boycotting the the lockdown and and start rioting and? If people appreciate the message and appreciate why they're locking down, yeah, I think, I think people will be sensible. Though, when there was only like no, I know, I, know, before, I know every death counts, but there was only like twenty deaths a day. I don't know what it was, but two weeks ago, so they've put it in place. No, like four weeks ago when Chatham was, whenever it was, but so they put it in place at a time where they're probably thinking, right, we've got a period where the British public will probably adhere to the lockdown as much as possible. So they need to time it right at the peak mm. of when everyone needs to stay mm. indoors. And that's what they've done now. And then obviously they're expecting the peak in what, a week, two weeks at Easter. So mm. they're thinking yeah. if they'd have put it in and it had been like six weeks and everyone had been like, oh, really do I have to stay indoors, keep going? They might have just boycotted it. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good point on, on what you said, Stanard, in terms of that and boycotting it and riots. Do you think seeing that outcome will be impacted by you know people's financial situations? So right now people won't be fe- feeling the full force of it because obviously they'll have worked last month. They'll have just pr- probably got a full paycheck, but the people that have kind of been laid off and made redundant, their financial implications of that are going to kind of hit later on and it's going to snowball and build and build. Do you think it, if, if lockdown continues and, and people find themselves in that situation and they're really starting to feel the effects of it financially, do you think that's when people are going to go, start getting disgruntled potentially start boycotting it, yeah, get restless, definitely. could see like riots. If people do that, then just, I don't think there's any other way to put it than they're selfish. Yeah, but, but they're selfish people out there. People are going to, you know, make decisions based off their own like emotions and they're, yeah. they're going to be like, stupid. They're going to whip up mass hysteria and be like, you know what, it's time for us just to move on. It, how many people die, we will die. There will be people like that. And with people who, who will be losing the job. Luckily, the government's supporting as many people as they can to get through this to possibly one of the reasons to avoid, you know, almost like a civil war with its civilians. Um, but it, you can already see some fringe people in society saying, oh, you, you know, it's, it's bullshit. It's just basically the flu. It's only going to kill the old people. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, you're always going to get people like that. I mean, there was... But how long before people get them. cabin fever? I don't know, but and, I think it does take one incident for for what you're saying to happen, Stanard. Because look, you look back at 2011, 
with the riots yeah. that, was it 2011 or 2010 i can't remember I when 2011 the, yeah 11 yeah riots, yeah so and that wasn't that long ago you know yeah. what i mean people so it takes copycats like, as well yeah people yeah so people, yes yeah and someone someone now might be sitting here in the country thinking oh i want to replicate that like a group of people might be thinking i want to replicate what happened in 2011 this is a perfect opportunity to do it so i think yeah. we just take the, the shots are closed let's go for it yeah, let's yeah, start people are taking advantage of it in that respect. But it's 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 a weird. One. I saw on um, I think BBC News they they tweeted it and it was it was strange. At first, I thought it was fake. Um, where they put some figures about out about they're projecting that five hundred thousand odd people will die, and they they put the numbers of how many um, kind of how much it slowed by and kind of maybe best case scenario. But they put a number of them were projected to die at some point in the next year anyway, and. I get that that's true, but the way they kind of put it was just a bit insensitive of like, oh, they're going to die in the next year anyway, so kind of not as bad. It's actually going to be 20,000 people that will die, maybe wasn't anyway, which I thought mm. so what, really what they're trying to thing. say there, though, is like, what is the direct impact of COVID-19? I know it's, it's sad that these people who are vulnerable, thousands of people obviously die a day, and this COVID-19, if, if anything, it may have accelerated it in some people and people love lost ones loved what lost loved ones because of it and it's very sad but well going back to your point there good so like you talk about people dying anyway um so after after all this covid thing i'm going to appreciate going back to my grandparents I haven't seen yeah. them for ages yeah that post post covid uh, i feel like i'm going to appreciate visiting them on a weekly basis if not more yeah yeah definitely. i mean i think it's just a bit strange the way they put it in terms of kind of just resigned that they were going to die anyway in, in the next year probably so kind of oh yeah you know kind of it's not as bad as we first thought but yeah it, absolutely George it's it's yeah right that kind of the opposite I think, effect I think what people. they're probably trying to do is comfort some people who are, know they're they're healthy for the majority of people who are fit and healthy they 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 maybe were terrified that you know if they get it that that's them done in and they're trying to find some solid like you know comfort in that it's it's affecting the, the most vulnerable people for the majority of it. Obviously, some people are young, healthy, uh, are are still dying. But I just it's so it's a very sensitive way to, to put it. Really, I think yeah. it scared my grandparents. Yeah, they're both like very ill, and they probably heard that, and they're like, "Fuck." I think that fight, that yeah, five hundred thousand does... figure was how many people would die if we didn't put any measures in place to stop it. Yeah, I don't think they give it. Now we have it'll be this much and. But if it does mean that after all this, it means it like George said, you'll go see his grandparents more and brothers as well. Then, then yeah, that's a, it's, a, it's a good change that people will make. Um, in terms, in terms of uh, politics coming out of it, uh, and and the starting point of how will the current government fare? Um, is that one thing? I think the only thing really that's probably going to go against Boris in the, with the mass with the with the vast majority. Um, I think a lot of people, well, not necessarily have you know, <laughs> changed their their political opinion, but I think a lot more people will, will will at least have more time for Boris now. But the one thing I think that he pro- probably didn't shed him in the best light was was like Gertrude said, the way he uh, worded that, you know. But no, other than that, I think other than that, words, I think they're probably going to come out of this in a, in, a, in a pretty good light, aren't they? Do you think you can only judge what the government do? Um, 
again post COVID nineteen if they start like giving more increases in wages to NHS staff and give more provisions to yeah. the NHS. I tell you what, if they don't or they just give the bare minimum, they're like, oh, here's like a little bit more than inflation. There you go. People are going to be up in arms, aren't they? Then they'll yeah, be, reverts back then to there'll what be it riots. Was, then. Then, yeah, it reverts back to what it was, and it's a bit. It's all that it seems a bit okay. hollow of kind of needs mm. must things yeah, have done. And if it goes back, then then people really will be very because, annoyed. Because how I feel, how I feel, the NHS um, is going to be treated post COVID COVID nineteen is probably um, the way. Um, not may not be exactly the same way, but how people um, come back from war and how they're like heroes because they are on the front line they are like fighting um they're sacrificing a lot for us and and themselves so i'd imagine we're going to be as a nation fully behind the nhs and want the best for them and want for the best things for people like george saying yeah and if they don't get what they deserve i can imagine it's not going to be people are not going to be happy so do you think like labor and say like the lib dems are now going to take advantage and start thinking of ways of giving even more money to the NHS as well. I know like Labour are trying to look for a new leader and things. Winning votes. Yeah. Did you, I don't know. Did any of you boys see the, um, the admin job for the uh, Nightingale hospital in London? They're, they're on more money than a nurse. Oh, really? 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 Yeah. Jesus. People pretty, uh, pretty pissed at that, obviously. Pretty peeved. Yeah. Probably one for Stannard. I don't know too much on this topic, but effects on Brexit. Is I'm that potentially sure. opening a whole can of worms? Well, I think Brexit, this is a separate topic entirely at the minute. For, for me, it's not even on the table in terms of discussion. But yeah. just, just going back to um, how it might change politics, I think obviously it's taken a huge uh, pandemic to for a conservative, you know, slightly right-wing government to implement the, probably the most socialist policies this country has ever seen. So I think, will that change people's mindsets in terms of, um, you know, having that government support behind them? If, you know, like in this situation, shit's hit the fan. Uh, are people willing to pay more taxes or demand that corporations pay more taxes to supply, you know, the, a greater safety net? I know, like, obviously in this, over the past, you know, 50 years, we've moved more and more probably towards a left, what it's right wing now, the conservatives now, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. It's it's like left wing policies, you know. We've got the, the biggest increase increase New in labour and um, yeah, we've got the biggest increase in in uh, minimum wage that we've ever seen. We've got obviously um, you know, things that we would consider, you know, gay marriage and things like that we considered controversial twenty, thirty years ago. It's not even a debatable topic anymore. It's just this is what this is what an equal society is, right wing, left wing in the UK. So are we saying that do you think this will change people, you know, even more um, towards that spectrum. Well, yeah, I think like very quickly going back to what George said earlier about the appreciation that kind of he feels now for the NHS have, and you know, that morale boost that that he's getting from it. You know, it feels so good to this, that everyone has is supporting you, has you back. Um, yeah, on the other side of this, if that kind of diminishes a bit, George, will you kind of feel that? Oh, kind of where's it gone kind of thing is it only the case of this has only been brought about as of this is it kind of it's great to have the support but people have only kind of really maybe sometimes appreciating it now because of everything that's happened if they on the other side of it go back to not really giving it a second thought how will that kind of feel the thing is as well that um the reason the nhs can cope at the moment especially in my hospital is because we've cancelled everything else 
we've cancelled non-time critical surgery and ev- everything else is put to a hold. So when this does come back to being normal, we're, we're going to have a huge waiting list of the guys who need the knee replacements, hip replacements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that's when the NHS is going to struggle, if not more, because of the demand, not because of the sick patients, but just because of demand. And then people are going to be hating on the NHS. Oh, I'm, I'm waiting eight weeks for uh, to see my GP to get my knee sorted. It, well, I think like, people, well, that's the thing. It will, will people, yeah, will they yeah. give them up? Will they, go, will they stick with the support now so they're doing the, the best in everything they can the, the, the amount of people the amount of people that came to A&E before this that did not need to be there was ridiculous one guy came in because he went for a run and swallowed a chewing gum and thought it went into his lungs well what people the just, fuck that's, <laughs> education, no, that's, oh that's not <laughs> that's not government policy is it that's... so the, the, the biggest thing that could, that could help the NHS especially A&E is turning people away you, this is not an accident emergency go to gp yeah so what about um what about the private companies then so uh who's come out of it with good pr who's who's i, I know initially for example uh sports direct and mike ashley were sort of refusing to close their stores but i think they changed very quickly once they had some pressure on them who's come out well who's going to come out the other side as bad once covid19 has has sort of uh, blown over a similar one to the sports directors was obviously um, Featherspoons uh, and Virgin with mm. with uh, Richard Branson uh, kind of taking a, a similar similar kind of line in terms of the employees. Obviously, sports direct was different because they class themselves as an essential business because they sell gym equipment, trampolines, and, everyone needs yeah, trampolines, trampolines gym, and everyone's now homes and needs to buy, which is just ridiculous. Um, I mean, I think a few of us have said that maybe that will affect how you know in the future will we go to to Weatherspoons, I think things like that. I think it would be short-lived. I think people will. I've said no. I've said no. I, yeah, I we, we, are, we, we, yeah. We, we will boycott Weatherspoons, but well, we are think, not Weatherspoons' main customer base. There's still, yeah. in, you know, there's certain. Yeah. Uh, well, I think I've deleted the app already. I don't shop at Sports Direct anyway, so I'm never going to go in there. And we Weatherspoons. Yeah. It. I'm not going to go again. If like, and I don't think we should without blowing smoke up our own asses. Yeah, we can probably go to other places that a bit more expensive that we couldn't afford the beer. There's no point. What's the point in buying a, a cheap pint yeah. um, for the sake of you know what I mean? So like, I mean, more the general population that have said the same kind of thing as of, as us of I'm not going back there again. Yeah, there will be, but I think if we can make a small little change, it will help somewhere. But I think, but I think whether to, we just got to remind people of what what this guy was saying. He was he literally said. Tim Martin, like the, the owner of Weatherspoons, was saying, you cannot catch COVID-19 in my pub because I'm going to make sure people sit far enough away. Yeah. So like, you're obviously not going to implement that enough. Like You don't, you don't care enough about yeah, he said, he said, oh, the look at the figures the and barely anyone's got it in a pub. I was like, where have you plucked that yeah, out? He, he's, obviously, <laughs> he, he doesn't give a shit about actually stating facts or helping people. He just he's an idiot. The guy's an idiot. He told, yeah, told his employees to just go, he's like, oh, if yeah. you're obviously worried about uncertainty and you see a job from Tesco, go do it. Go, like, go you're get literally just passing them yeah. off and say, yeah, kind of go, go, go elsewhere because we, we can't really do anything for you, which is just ridiculous. With um with Richard Branson as well, obviously he's not come off well with it, and he, he's never like, been you know a great public figure since he wanted to well since he sued the NHS for God knows how much, but mm. he actually uh, someone did a calculation. I haven't checked the maths, but apparently if he he's initially said before the furloughed scheme that the government set out, he said he wanted his staff to take eight weeks no no wages eight yeah. whole weeks without them basically eight two weeks. Of wage. 
eight weeks. It was eight thousand five hundred staff. It yeah. would cost four point yeah. two million pounds. It, it, he's worth four uh, billion. Yeah. So the maths was like, if if he he's worth four point two billion or whatever, he would have lost his net worth after would be four point one six billion from four point two billion. It's it's a minuscule like percentage change. Yeah. He could easily afford to to do this, and he he's. He's not only did he say do that, he also trying to go to the government to, to help fund, um, help fund uh, his fa- like failing airline business. And he's and not even a British resident anymore. No, he's not. He's not paying enough tax. I mean, he's a business at the end of the day. It's just because he's a success, successful one doesn't mean that he shouldn't have that he should pay. Whereas less successful should go to the government for help. If that makes well, sense. Bases, but what we're saying is like you can absolutely afford should, to avoid tax. What, why? Why should we as taxpayers be yeah. paying? Um, for this billionaire mm. to not lose any of his wealth, well, yeah. especially when he bases he can, it off out of the UK, so he doesn't put the tax into the into the country. So if he can't af- money back, so if he can afford to pay his staff, he should. Whereas if he yeah, can't afford, absolutely. then the government should do it. Is that what you say? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Definitely. Yeah. Just if if, if you're a billionaire and and you're going to to the government for support without trying to lose any of your wealth, I mean, I'm sorry, but like. A billion like pounds is like an unimaginable amount. Of yeah, like people, seen amount you couldn't you couldn't imagine trying to spend that amount of money, and yet he he's trying his best to to kind of keep that um, all to himself. And so, like, it's just, so moving on from that, what do you what do you think about uh, Tottenham Hotspur taking twenty well, percent of their non-players? Yeah. I, I think, think that's a bit of a joke, to be honest. I, th- I think that's like completely unfair. Again, you're asking the government to yeah. to help pay out your your non-paying uh, playing staff when you're paying players' wages of millions of pounds. You're yeah. you're a successful football club with you know a huge uh, amount of money, a lot of profit from from previous years, and you're trying your best to take advantage of a situation that you, you don't need. If you can yeah, afford the, to pay, but even put a football size, what's his name, Levy? He's not taking a hit on his salary. He's still getting paid millions. Of, like and, and the Tottenham owner is the Tottenham owner is also a billionaire. And he's an American billionaire. So again, it's the same kind of thing. He's not putting the money. Yes, obviously, as a football club, that's putting money in terms of you know tax into the, into the system. But he's not based in the UK. Why is he wanting in the UK taxpayers to? pay for his employees essentially so that the um, philip green who owns arcadia who owns like top shop top man burton loads of other same thing his, his arcade the business puts it in his wife's name then bases it in the cayman islands i think to avoid tax but then wants now all of his employees to be put on furlough pretty much and the uk taxpayer to pay their wage so you're I, not I read, putting the money in so why do you want the money back i, I read somewhere that um it's going to cost like a hundred million or something to pay the staff's wages for like eight weeks um, for the Arcadia group. And he mm. said he can't afford it or something. One of his yachts apparently is worth a hundred million. Yeah. Put that in perspective. It's just like, I'd imagine he could shift that pretty quickly if he needed to. Well, it's like Jeff yeah, Bezos. His, uh, the Amazon owner has just donated a hundred million dollars to, to various charities. Don't get me wrong. Amazing thing to do, but that is 0.083% of his worth. That is like us donating 90p. Yeah, but it's, it's no, no. It's, it genuinely it, it points like, to about ninety p. If you just yeah, pay okay, his but taxes, like hundred hundred million is is not a ridiculous amount of number. But his net worth, that's like it's not all in like cash. No, like, it's he's not just donated that yet. much cash. Most of this yes. will be in Amazon shares, so it's hard to yeah. liquidate that in terms in terms of uh, actual actual money. I know, I know, so, but my point is, if if they actually paid their their actual due fair share of tax, 
then he'd be donating donating just putting back into society that time and time again to what he legally is supposed to be doing but it isn't well no he's not illegally evading tax so is he he's, he's well this is the thing because it's loopholes and there's trillions of pounds in various offshore you know people just skipping bypassing the system yeah. so that is maybe a but I think in the next but, few years i reckon certainly in in europe we're getting a lot better at at tax evasion and um, it, it's the OECD which is like an economic body um, which makes sure there's fair pricing fair transactions to make sure there's fair tax they're clamping down on American companies who are, who are software companies or technology companies who are donating huge amount of money in Europe um, and then not paying a single like penny in tax yeah. because mm-hmm. uh, of where they set up the set up in America. But actually what they're saying is no, you're advertising in Germany via Facebook. Like yeah. even though say Facebook is Silicon Valley, you know, in America, they're saying you should be paying tax here because that's where the revenues earn. You're paying, you know, you're generating revenue here. So yeah, they're clamping down massively and there's going to be all sorts of legal cases in the next few years to make sure people are, or companies, sorry, are paying their yeah, fair the share tax. question, how COVID-19 will change the world. Do you think, um, people become more nationalist and demand that, you know, what we need, you know, the actual essential like goods and services that we need, need to be brought back to the UK country. What would you say were vital industries now, apart from the NHS? Personally, I don't know if, um, like, what is it, BT? They wanted to buy BT or the, the rail service. Obviously, the rail service is a joke because the private sector are just rinsing everyone, but it's not a necessity. Uh, that, that's talking about um, you know the state owning it versus private companies. I'm talking about should we bring like it back into um, the UK in terms of what we manufacture as essential goods like like food. Um, should we generate our own electricity um, and that that kind of but thing uh, and have not we rely got that ability to do so in being such a small island. I know, but you go to Scotland then you look out. I go on a train or you look out and the amount of wind farms there are is yeah. incredible, but yeah. there's only so much you can do without, well, with renewable energy and trying to move to a whole new. Uh, yeah. I think, that's, I think that's where we're a lot of that depends on green energy. If kind of advancements are made where we can base a lot of that in the UK, then I think a lot of it depends on that. But yeah, at the moment it's difficult to put the money to build that infrastructure. If it's not already I think there. Also, it's really easy to say, you know, uh, looking at the situation we have now, in terms of testing kits and people saying, oh, you know, why are we relying on China? Who realistically were thinking before COVID-19, you know, we should be bringing like home testing kits for a potential virus, you know, in-house and manufacturing in the UK. I don't think realistically anyone was, were they? Everyone's looking towards China for bloody help. And they're the ones that, well, I ain't going to say it, but they're the ones that bloody started it. And then, now look at them. <laughs> so a guy from Coventry drove a 220-mile round trip to buy 15-pound eBay windows. Oh, so, he drove, so he drove 110 miles there, put the windows in the car, realised that he couldn't fit his wife, who was front-seat passenger, in the car. <laughs> so put her in the boot, wow. uh, and then drove 110 miles back. on the. So on the M6, got, stopped, got pulled it? over, got pulled over by police. <laughs> What's going on here, sir? Where have you been? Essential travels and all that isolation oh, i've just just got some windows from ebay for 15 pounds like, there's just no reason to do it there's absolutely so he put no his reason wife in the boot for like a two-hour journey on the motorway 110 miles it depends how, how, how uh, fast you drive goes you know good you do that in 10 minutes right? yeah. <laughs> 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 All of could, the could he not have just oh, i've got so many questions about that 
were they double glazed windows? <laughs> yeah, my Sainsbury story yesterday. Of when you were there? Yeah, um, it was fucking weird. Honestly, it was so weird. I thought I was going to get a shot. I was like, wow, like, oh my days. How is this the hole in the coffin? Huh? You said you were trying to hold a cough. Oh, in. hold a coffin. I was like, is that a hole in the coffin? <laughs> I was like, that as well. Well, I'll go sell everything, yeah. So I, went, I always go in the door where the Sainsbury's, uh, where the Starbucks is. I always use that door, but that's the exit that's, door. So that's the weird. Wait, so you walk through Starbucks? No, 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 no. So, you know, you've got Starbucks on the left. That's definitely what oh, you said. Oh, that side, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, oh, okay. I always walk, I always walk, I don't know why, I just always walk through there. And that's the exit. The guy, he's like, right, mate, can you uh, queue up, please? So, I went round and queued up. And so, I was queuing to get in. And it was quite quick to get in. It felt like I was queuing up for a nightclub. So Two got in was, did, did, yeah. did the bouncer was, ask you how many drinks you'd had? I thought he was going to. I thought <laughs> he was going to. But, because um, I did look very sketchy. I was trying to hold this coffin as well. And um, how heavy was it? Was it heavy? Oh, I would say at the same time. Was, great minds, great minds. Tickly, just mine's tickly, slightly greater. I need to clear my throat. I was just like, I was fucked. So I went, I went straight to Argos and I was just standing there waiting for it. And there was no, like, there was no atmosphere in the shop. But obviously, the shop was full. Um, of what shit, atmosphere was there normally in Argos? <laughs> Describe the normal normally, Argos like the way no, in. We're the right <laughs> side, we're the right side, we're the right side of the shop. Wanting a nightclub, <laughs> but when you when you walk into Sainsbury's or any supermarket, there's always like an atmosphere, like a buzz of people walking around and all that. It was nothing. What, Oliver? What? You're so talking you... shit. I'm not. There's a buzz in Sainsbury's. Not as in like this an is story. Absolute I'm, nonsense. This is a story about. Is this his weird story that he's going on about? Yeah. Yeah. So then, yeah, so just wants to discuss the atmosphere. The weird part. He walked. Yeah. He tried to walk to Sainsbury's and he was told he couldn't because there's a queue. And then I didn't say. No I didn't say that was a weird. I went round the other way. Yeah. And it just, it just when I was queuing up, I felt like I was gonna like at any minute I was probably gonna get shot by someone. There's gonna gun, a gun come out and a bang. What it, the fuck? If someone coughed or anything, and so every time I coughed, was I it, out, so it, what you're saying is it was, it was a kind of hostile environment. Yes, basically. yeah, yeah. I let I let out a little <clears throat> every time there was an announcement on the thing, so that kept me going. I had a bit of a the announcement that same is actually really strange because it's like due to the COVID nineteen virus, you must remain two meters apart at all times. I mean. It's like That's it's a mean. very much a like you know post apocalyptic world. Fallout yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very yeah. It is yeah, strange. Fallout yeah. Well, actually, that's a, that's a, it was actually a complete opposite. It's like we're living in a new era. Oh, I, uh, on the floor and looking stuff. at hand soap, like the squishy one, you know, the one you push down. Um, <laughs> the squishy and was, one. The, the squishy was, soap, yeah. <laughs> There was one. only one bottle. There was only one bottle left, and me and this. Did woman, you get it? I was literally you three fire. meters away, and I was like. That's the one we want. And this woman went, Whoop, That's the one we want. Down. I so said about everything when you're in the supermarket that, just before you I get it. I said it so loud. Yourself. She picked it up, put it in her trolley and then turned around and went, Oh no, do you want this? Do you want this? I was like, No, no, it's fine. She was like, How old was she? Got three at home. I've got three at home. You can have this one. I was like, why is she buying a fourth? You yeah, should have said you, know, you fucking I mean, touched it now. I can't pick it up. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> no, it's fine. Big story, Jack. I don't think you got to the shelf, Jack. So this guy today in Lidl, right, was wearing gloves, shopping around. A lot of people do this. You might see this. So coincidentally, he parked opposite me. So I saw him get into his car with his gloves on, put his shopping in the boot, get into the driver's seat. He opened a bottle of Coke and drank it with his gloves still on. Oh, Open, fuck. Opened a sandwich and ate it with his idiot. gloves on. Oh, idiot. idiot. Yeah. So what's the point of wearing the gloves? Like, I know. What, what is the point? It. So yeah, it's just funny how people are finding like I've literally seen people, but doing it completely yeah. wrong. 
There's yeah. the video someone turned up to a Tesco and a Zorb. What's a Zorb? Yeah. I do you know, rate like that. Massive, like, uh, rate the, uh, the football the thing. Plastic, conversation like, the Audi. Running. The Audi bouncer three times now. Get, right, get to the front of the queue and the geezer, the bouncer at Audi is like, should have done this ages ago. Should have done this ages ago. And he looks in and he's like, judging you. And in you go. And then, <laughs> so like, he lets, he lets people in, but as soon as you get in the shot, the whole two meter thing is just fucking right yeah, on. They've got them outside. Most, most like, of the floor. aisles, most of the aisles aren't even just over yeah. two meters wide. I'm yeah, not yeah, standing there for an indefinite period of time while some woman decides what, well, after my after my Sainsbury's soap experience, I'm I'm not waiting. You see just, it, you get just it. Just to clarify, did you take the woman? Did you take her? No, soap? I let her have it. I was like, no, it's fine. Good man, fair play. Boots Mate, have got it right. At by home. The way. No. That's the one you wanted, brothers. I know. <laughs> Boots have got it right. They block off all non-essential aisles. Ooh. Do they? So like fake tan, like any of that shit, gush. They they just block it off. <laughs> I mean, this isn't my natural skin colour, mate. But uh, I'm, I'm not. If, they, if they're open anyway for the essential items, why, why can't people just buy fake tan? You're not allowed to browse, mate. Yeah, because Shit, right. that will attract more people into the store, won't it? Yeah. If, you're, if they then know that they're not supplying those items, then sure, they won't bother sure, going in. Sure. But, so, um, can you imagine this, tan this. boom that's going to happen post COVID nineteen? But do you reckon we're going to get to a point where there's like pretty girls talking to the bouncers to try and get in earlier to the shops and things like that? Kissing on cheek and say... Doing the little photo, yeah. yeah. Oh, did or, you know or Q jumps. go to the front with your NHS badge and they let your shirt in? Really? I mean, it, the whole 80, 80 in the shop at the same time then goes out the window, which I'm not sure I agree with because then there's 81 in there. But... <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, if you do that, it's a little inside. Mate, ticket. the NHS are the worst. So I went to Tesco when it was like NHS 9 till 10 a.m. on a Sunday. And there was hundreds, absolutely hundreds of people queuing. And it was absolutely mental inside. Like it was really? proper, it was proper supermarket sweep. I, like I, got, I got hardly anything, mate. Hardly anything. You didn't, you weren't kicking enough people then. Well, I saw so many people from work like, oh, have you found anything? Oh, no, neither have I. Oh. Anybody seen any fights, Jet Ponager? No, I haven't. I have not seen any fights. I haven't been out of the house. I've only been out of the house like twice. So I just think. curious, oh, yeah. is, is there yeah. a people, are people doing uh, at least one bit of outside activity every day? Because I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not very much. Day, the, the only time I go out is when I go to the garage to do uh, when I go to my training in there. You're not even so going to walk in or... No, I need to. I need to start to. My hips are... Honestly, my, I, was, I was frazzled the last couple of days and I went on a run today. It's, like tomorrow, I'm literally just going to force myself to go on the, go for like seven yeah. miles, just going to walk. But I think, cabin fever. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I, I was I freaked out a little bit when I went out yesterday. Uh, when I was driving. When I was driving <laughs> what do you out. mean you freaked out? It but was just, like, it just felt everywhere. Weird. No, no, not that. It's just because I hadn't been out in so long. It just felt weird. Yeah, but yeah it, 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 it is. It is. It is weird. Like I, and and when I do go out, I only walk the thirty seconds to Tesco or round the block like i haven't been into town in like nah. two weeks it'd be, it would yeah. be super weird man like, yeah especially no, when i've been going to the supermarket i've been walking to sainsbury's but i might next i might genuinely walk to warwick tesco just just long it out what technology do you reckon is more going to be used because i reckon touch screens are going to be binned off now because not everyone's what? going to want to t- uh, touch like mcdonald's that? everyone's like oh do you, you sanitize your hands but Whoever sanitizes the phone, you fucking touch it all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like when you go into McDonald's, like you don't know who's touched, uh, who's touched it. They might have nah. like, picked the nose. So I, and... 
I think this goes back to Stan's point. How long is it going to last? People are going to forget about like touch screens yeah, and yeah. things like that. No, yeah. but don't, I, mean, I can't wait to, to touch some through. screens, man. Yeah, I know, but don't you think like companies like McDonald's and things like that will start uh, trying using voice recognition and things nah. like that? No, no. Yeah. So they have to recognize everyone's voice. No, like, like you can voice order things, or you can like, so like, so like with Starbucks at the moment. Welcome order... back, Matt. It's been a while. Cheeseburger. The usual. No. Strawberry milkshake. Yeah, but like, so like with the Starbucks um, app, you can order your drinks on there, and the drinks ready um, by the time you get there. So you can order it, say for eight a.m., and it's uh, ready eight a.m. with your name on it. So it like cuts down. Um, being in contact with people. Can like you order? Contact. Can you but order what, on, um, so from McDonald's you, on your you, phone? Is there an app no. that you can order McDonald's like while you're in the store on your phone? You can order it before. You can what, order McDonald's on the app. Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Do you reckon that that's going to start yeah. being that technology is going to start being pushed forward Mate, now? More. I tell yeah, you, not, I tell you no, now. I don't. No, no, no. Not. I, I tell you now. From John Lewis, yeah. are absolutely killing it, and they've shut most their stores. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. That's so bad though for job. Death of the high no, still people, there's still yeah. people working like yeah, for, for like, the online retailers. Lewis are now going to see like majority of their sales. They could just if they really did a great marketing campaign or created a great app, they'll they'll people will are willing to spend their money on their app like rather ASOS, than for pay for rents on massive buildings and in city centres. They're not. They're just going to shut them down and people will lose jobs for that. Yeah. yeah, but then, yeah, but then you'll get more people get recruited in warehouses because warehouses would have to be bigger than yeah, but, yeah, but it's not the same level as job, is it? No, be no the same no people skill. wouldn't go for that job. But it's, it's the same amount of jobs are there. So what what difference does it make? Yeah, but if, if there's a no, you've got to you got to no, understand no. George's point there. Stan, okay, like, okay, yeah. fair enough. But there, there's still other jobs within that sector which will be relevant for them. If they're a person who likes to speak to people and, and deal with customers, then customer service, customer service roles online, which usually deal with, are, are going to be they're going to be far greater people saying, "Oh, my, you know, what's good about their online delivery? What's been missing? What's not good?" and and helping customer complaints. So I'm, I'm all for all it. Don't get me wrong. You're most jobs as possible for everyone to bloody get a job. But we just had reality, to adapt Sam, to it. The people of didn't like moving on to online. There's going to be job losses. There's going to be people didn't like. People are always so scared about technology changing roles. But you know, until COVID nineteen, we had the lowest un, um, unemployment record, like for for absolute decades. And this is at a yeah. time where technology is supposedly at the highest. So technology isn't always replace jobs it just changes what people do like, there's always going to be jobs out there for for people there's always work to be done so i don't necessarily think that yeah there is always work to be that. done but in your but, specific uh, field in your and field. also when it, with, retail, retrain, it, it, with retail it is that face-to-face interaction do you know what, don't you think like the high street yeah. it, you know going out for I don't know. Uh, is that just being sentimental is that it, dying out not, with the gen- with our generation but going out to the shops yeah. on the weekend it's used to be. It's, we're happy to do that we can do it easily there's plenty of people who just won't or won't want yeah, to. Plenty of people who wouldn't like who wouldn't like mobile phones when they first come out. Who yeah, wouldn't touch those touch screens, but, screens yeah, isn't it, no, no, but, Dirty no, in all, no, but in all seriousness, the old mobile phones I'm on about, they would have just won't know I like my landline. And then now they've probably got mobile phones. They probably have got phones with fucking smart Yeah, but that's different. The same way that, that, yes, obviously in supermarkets, all of them now have self-checkouts and they've 
taken away a lot of this, the, the you know, the person to person, but they haven't got rid of all of them for the exact reason that not everyone wants a self checkout. They still have to have the, you know, hi, how are you? Here's your whatever, because not Cheap everyone. Well, pr- prime example, not. prime example, banking. That's becoming more and more online, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm all for moving stuff online, moving the technology, as long as they don't out, outsource it to another country and then it just brexit means brexit well i mean that might have an impact but so yeah i I understand the point but there is also there's a line isn't there that we need to have we need to have social interaction in our daily lives so you know as long as there's a balance of it yeah yeah there there will always be the people that still want that social interaction and they say yeah banking you can do most online now but even you know there's some things you have to go into the bank for i think it's now i said that you can do video uh, meetings rather than going to the bank so even with that they're trying to get rid of the you know the branches in total so, so fact, fact of anything. the day for you gush fact of the day my my granddad's never bought anything online never that's what i mean yeah like trying to win him over and like tell him how how you actually do it and by what he actually wants find good. what he wants good we've used we use zoom at work quite every day now mm-hmm. um surely our business is going to say why why are we paying everyone's petrol or training yeah yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, no, I think 100%. Yeah. Why are you paying Driving for lighting? Why are you paying for electric when you can have everyone working from home? Well, yeah, they say that's going to be a change in the, the I think we'll, Yeah, I think our, our, our company will do that as well. well. I think there's certain ones where being in the office, kind of having the office, everyone together in one space helps. Like ours, definitely, bro, is like having people there in the same space, being able to just kind of talk, not, not even if it's... You can't always have planned meetings. You have to just bounce things off each other and whatever. But 100%, yeah, certain meetings, either we'll drive into Huddersfield or them come down. Absolutely now they're like, why are you bothering to do that? Just I've, got a, um, I've got a customer service story. Uh, oh, Ricky, Ricky went to Morrison's the other day. Ricky being the housemate, just for anyone listening. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> good, good. Cheers, that long-term boyfriend. <laughs> he, went to, <laughs> he went to Morrison's the other day and... Um, he was getting served on the till by a bloke, and the bloke was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, my um, my wife works at hospital, and they've run out of body bags. It's getting bad. They've run out of body bags." And Ricky was like, Wait, "Why are you telling me this? I'm just <laughs> I just come from a toilet roll, mate. Leave me alone." <laughs> Customer service is like, "Yeah, it's getting bad out there. They've run out of body bags. Like, fucking hell." Is that it? <laughs> That's yeah. it. Or the relevance? <laughs> no, I understand that. I understand what you're saying. Sometimes he's saying is that you just don't want that bullshit social interaction. You want to get your toilet roll. You want to get out. You don't want to hear about some guy. It's like when you go to the barbers. You just want to get out. Oh, your... mate. Tragic. Well, isn't it? You do it's not thing, want like, have... If you go to the supermarket any normal weekday during the day, it's predominantly elderly people who are in there shopping and they use that as their like daily social interaction. They'll go to the supermarket, get bits for the day or a couple of days and have that chat with the person in the supermarket. If you take that away, then you've got elderly people stuck in the house all day long. Yeah, but we then 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 there should be more things like that app that um, the NHS app when they, where it's saying like oh you can talk to lonely people. There should be thing, more things like that. I like, can't we, wait yeah. to look. We, we, we should we should be able to move uh, move to a, to a place where we're more community driven again. Like where like there is. Don't you like think it's already sad? community thing? So the whole thing of going to the supermarket and having like maybe a rapport with a certain person to go to. That's already stuff that I think already exists. I don't think we should get rid of that and replace it with other stuff. Bits of like that mm. I think already exists. It depends. I think it's sad though that something like this this makes us like become a community again. Like in six months' time, are we going to still be that same community? Mm. Mm. 
It's like having a relationship with your neighbour instead of having a relationship with the the person in Sainsbury's. It's like being able to talk to your neighbours and just, oh, how's it going? Going around for a cup of tea. I don't do that. I know. Can't do that. Yeah, isolation. I think, I think that's yeah, but like post, changed massively. I think you're talking post ice. Sorry. I think um, you know, knowing your neighbours. How many of us really know all of our neighbours' names exactly. when you move into an area before? Yeah. People, our parents' generation and our grandparents' generation, they would have known every single person down the street that moved in. But yeah, realistically, so. when we move into a new place now, Matt, you've recently moved into your flat. I, I, right, okay, how so many neighbours do you know? I, I cannot by express name. how small this this block is as well. Like, I mean, I'm not just. We might as well live together, me and my neighbour. Like it's that small and it's that close. And right. and yeah, I've never I've never even knocked on, said hello. Uh, at one point, you know, the other day I ran out of. Uh, I was making pasta or whatever and I ran out of tin tomatoes instead of going oh, next door instead of going next door just to knock on my neighbour's door and be like many tin tomatoes I, I went to Tesco yeah. how far away is that did Nico not drop it off <laughs> 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 love that you remember his name mate That's Nico very, very community uh, unfortunately feel, this was pre-Covid Nico was not in existence uh, <laughs> he was only born uh, he only appeared <laughs> in the in, pandemic in terms of uh, in terms of post-Covid 19 life I hope Nico's still about uh, so Marcus oh, how, how, how are you going to be uh, post-Covid uh, nah I think initially I'll be conscious about changing and then I think like the majority of people we'll just go back to how we were in about six months <laughs> so nothing then <laughs> yeah I agree no, nothing think, this bollocks about touching like screens and whatnot i mean what absolute nonsense <laughs> is that yeah mate I mean, when you when you see when you see technology change i'm gonna laugh in your face <laughs> all right mate but it's not gonna be anything to do with covid 19 or, or hygiene because i think you're still gonna go to the gym and lift weights you're still gonna play yeah. football yeah like, i know that yeah but then it's gonna be yeah it's i know that but, but then but like when i when i go to the gym now hygiene I, freaks yeah but when i when i go to the gym now i'm gonna make a conscious effort to clean my equipment down for so how long yeah, I'm keep how, doing how long it because I'm doing it. I'm doing it at the moment in my own garage. So, like brothers were saying, do it for twenty odd days becomes a pandemic, aren't we? Who else is using your equipment in your garage? Just my family. Oh, so everyone your, who your I live with, people in your family. So yeah. The point? So you don't so trust I'm, your family. Is that what you're saying? No, no, but no, because because I'm trying to build a habit now. Good habit. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Don't listen to them. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Mean, like you're going to replace technology for like hygiene. That's just going like to you know germaphobe, aren't you? You're going too far the other way. I'm not going too far the other way. No, I'm you saying we get rid of like right. screen Sana, technology. Sana, you go to the gym, apparently. Yeah. Do you uh do you rub down the bench when you sweat all over it? Yeah, or no, do I do. If I if I sweat if I sweat, I I do. So like what, what, I hold on, sweat I'll stop you there, there. What do you rub you it down with? Andrew. So there's there's normally there's either um anti back uh wipes and then I use usually dry because that leaves a mark, it's normally like wet. I normally so wipe that with paper towel. What's the issue? No, I'm, I'm not. I, have, I don't have an issue with Jet doing that. I have an issue. What I'm saying is, I don't think it's going to change touchscreen technology, which is his original point. I think we're, we're not going to do away screens. with. Yeah, okay. we've we're never left rid it, of touchscreens. Yeah. How are you going to touchscreen? What? How are you going to clean a gym at, with a touchscreen? What the fuck? <laughs> Why are you putting the two and two together? <laughs> what the fuck have you done there? How have you gone from talking about a gym and Jet, rubbing down a gym to now touchscreen in fucking McDonald's? I don't understand games. the difference. That's literally not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is Jet's point was he wanted he was saying, "Oh, we're moving away from touchscreens," and I'm saying, "No, that's too far. Like that's too far. Like like you go to the gym, you touch equipment. That's how like the connection was made. Like it's nothing to do with touchscreen gyms. What the? F- I mean." 
that's utterly <laughs> fucking more nonsensical than so, getting rid so of. So hold on, I'll just stop you there. So like, when this is all over and you go to a nightclub, are you gonna are you gonna wash every handle? Are you gonna wash every toilet? Are you gonna wash every tap? Like, there's thousands of people in there. Who are you talking to? You. <laughs> but, no, because I'm not the one who's saying they're gonna be making changes, like doing away with touch. George, you just wash your hands as normal in the sink that's there yeah. after you've done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. after yeah. you finish pissing in it. <laughs> we've all done it yeah. we've all been there yeah. <laughs> I did my first wash clothes wash uh, since the uh, since lockdown today in oh, 10 wow. days I'm washing like all the time every day Are you serious when's, wash Matt, on, yeah. when's the last time you wash right. your duvet okay. uh, oh mate no bed sheets bed sheets is every bed sheets is every two weeks I'm, I'm, and I've got about six different pillowcases that I change regularly However, I'm going to be seriously honest with you now. Um, I've pretty much been wearing the same clothes for the last two weeks. What? Just, just, <laughs> I'm just in pause every day, aren't I? Like, I just changed my underwear, my socks and my boxes. I've got, I've got to change boxes, socks. Yeah, boxes like, and socks. So the reason, I, the reason I did no, the like, Within the, the reason I did day. the watch is because I ran out of boxes and socks. You're changing Going your boxes and socks. I'm changing. I'm wearing two boxes a day, two Why? pairs of socks a day. Why? Because yeah, I agree. I agree. I wake up. I put a new pair of boxes on to start the day. I do a bit of work. <laughs> you don't have a shower time, in the look morning. Look at my watch. It's lunchtime. It's better. It's better. I'll do a home workout now. I go outside. I'm doing doing my workout. Get sweaty. Come back inside. I'm like, I don't feel fresh. I need a shower. Do I don't? I'm not gonna go from a shower into my old boxes that I've just been like sweating. No, I agree. I'll, I'll put more time on your hands, isn't it? As well. I'd like yeah. to open. I, uh, oh man! I, I think that's weird. Actually, start waking up and changing your boxes. I think that's weird. Yeah, but you yeah. go for a shower, surely, and then. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shower, what? Changing my boxes. So what? You wear the same boxes from the previous day, unless you're in like pajamas. No, up until the point of a shower, yeah. Up until. Do you my shower, shower in the morning or in the evening? Late. Yeah, morning. Oh yeah. Yeah, you wake up. Oh, normally. Normally shower in the morning, so I would wear new pair of boxes after showering. Yeah, you didn't say that. That's why I thought it was weird. So I thought, so, so I thought you got out of bed and changed your boxes immediately. <laughs> and then went for a shower. I went for a shower then. I'm not getting to the same boxes I've just got in. So, <laughs> so this is just to confirm that you, you, your COVID-19 routine is to wear two pairs of boxes a day. But if you're at work, you're not doing a midday workout. So no. normal routine is to wear one pair of doctors one pair of boxes throughout the so day. So apparently you wear them at the same time. No, but we're talking about COVID-19. <laughs> what? You, you wear one pair on top yeah, of Yeah, yeah. He double layers in the morning and then he just whips the top layer <laughs> off. Rips them, yeah. They're just like <laughs> detachable. I can imagine Stan wearing it on his fucking head anyway, so. Yeah. How many you... pairs of boxes do you wear into the mat? I, I actually... I, like five. I, I, it's really strange. I, I genuinely, genuinely lose so many pairs of boxes. Like they just How? go missing. How? I don't know. I don't know. I'm having to buy some, like you know, every <laughs> every couple of months because they just they just disappear. How disorganised are you? You lose boxes around the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never never around the house. When you come to move, be. you're just going to find boxes everywhere. I, I don't. It can't be down the house. It must be like at the rugby club. No, as I say, so you definitely oh, oh, hello. Jockeys losing going home, not wearing any boxes and not realising from rugby. Shockey's losing them there. So you're going to rugby, obviously forgetting them there, then go home. Not wearing boxes and not realizing you're not wearing boxes. No, obviously, obviously, I'm wearing my post rugby like boxes. I, they're, I all ripped. Gear, they're all ripped. They're all ripped in like the asshole area. From the shower. <laughs> From the shower. <laughs> like so, the, it's so, a pair that I wore whilst training. Would, would this the one man. 
Do you know what? I said I'm going to put my head above the parapet here. I'm I'm going to back you on that. I, uh, not boxes, but socks go missing all the time, bro. Yeah, but that's in the washing machine. Not, not yeah, just socks like, are randomly. Easy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, bro, what's the difference between socks yeah. and bo- socks and boxes? Well, they're, well, they're massive. Bro. Yeah, boxes are bigger than socks. So I'm not talking about their physical properties. I'm just saying, so, yeah, post-COVID-19, so it, are we going to lose boxes? My point is is that during COVID-19, I do enjoy the lack of washing that I have to do. That, that's one thing. Let's, in, to, in terms of taking the small positives from lockdown. I love yeah. not filling my car up with petrol. Bam, yes. boom, yeah, brilliant, love it, Fucking. love it. Just not having to make an effort every day to go outside and, and interact with people. I mean, <laughs> at least only, at least only, uh, got at least we're only having to focus on the top path now. Yeah, yeah. If you are on a Zoom now. call, I'm sure you heard <laughs> yeah, George. Yeah, has got no boxes on right now. He's double layered, mate, don't worry about him. <laughs> but the thing but, is, I, I don't get people who can put like a full suit on and tie and then not have that shirt tucked into... Pair of trousers. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I'd I'd have to put trousers on because I can't put, yeah. I can't have a loose shirt just hanging out. Yeah, you've got to be like know you're all there. You you Mister fucking fashion over here. Yeah, yeah. Stand no, out. Stay you Fucking hell, yeah. Jeans and shoes. What are you talking about? Makes sense. Actually, bought them in Chelsea. Remember that time you brought up to my house in like the world's smallest shorts? Oh yeah, you had that was a rugby social. Like my house isn't a rugby social, mate. My house was not a rugby social. I came straight from a rugby social to. to Yeah, you changed it then, didn't you? I bet he didn't have any boxes after his rugby social. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) He went triple layered as well. Came back with them. Big thank you for our guests and thank you for listening. We've been from all angles. Cheers.